Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. It is the Easter season, and I am so glad that you have joined me for this week's midweek manna. Let me offer a word of prayer for us, and I've got some things that I'd like to share with you uh, this afternoon. Let us go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, our Lord and Savior has risen from the grave. Lord, it was so good uh, Easter Sunday to see folks at the sunrise service, at the 1030 service. Lord, faces that had not been seen literally in over a year. What a blessing it was to be able to be in in-person worship, Lord. Wow, what a what a gift, Lord. My, my heart uh, was filled and, and it was warmed by uh, that, that miraculous uh, event in, in so many ways, Lord. So we celebrate that Jesus is risen, Lord, and that Lord ministers to our hearts this day. Lord, bless certainly this midweek manna, this uh, time where we get to spend uh, together connecting to uh, both devotion and, and also to your word. Bless it from start to finish and certainly bless those who are watching this day. May they know that they are loved and being prayed for in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Our uh, devotion for this afternoon uh, is this. I'd like to, uh, to read uh, several scriptures. The theme uh, for this afternoon is eternal life. Let me uh, begin with the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, verses 27 and 28. It says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. From 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, it reads, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Isaiah 43, 2 reads, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will never sweep over you. And then lastly, from Romans 8, 38 and 39, it reads, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor or neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear now these words, and I pray that they are a gift for you this day. I give eternal life to you, and you will never perish. No one will snatch you out of my hand. This is astonishingly good news for all who know me as Savior. Your promised inheritance is far more glorious than anything you can imagine. The gift of eternal life provides a light that shines on even in your darkest days. So let this brightness beckon you onward, protecting you from discouragement. Refuse to let hard circumstances or the wickedness of this world drag you down. 
Instead, look ahead to the glory that awaits you. See it sparkling in the distance, just beyond the horizon. You may have to go through some deep waters on your journey, but remember, I will be with you when you pass through those waters. They will not sweep over you. Keep holding onto my hand in trusting dependence, confident that I love you and nothing will be able to separate you from me. Rather than dreading the challenging times ahead of you, seek to enjoy the adventure of journeying with me through your life. Amen. Amen. Good words for us this day as we approach the uh, second Sunday of the Easter season. Church, what I'd like to do is turn to the Gospel of John, literally uh, pick up right where we left off uh, Easter Sunday. I'm uh, turning now to the 20th chapter uh, of John. I invite you to go there uh, now if you have your scriptures in front of you. And I'm going to pick up with verse 20, 19, verse 19, where Jesus appears to the disciples. And I'm going to read through verse 31. Hear now these words. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples <clears throat> had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told, told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, I want to uh, turn now to a, a devotion that spoke to me as I was praying over and 
researching this text to get a, a fuller uh, understanding of what is before us here. Uh, and, and I often uh, go to a, a colleague in ministry that certainly uh, challenges me and kind of opens up uh, the text for me. He's got a lot of great insight. His name is Alan R. Beverly. And uh, Mr. Allen um, <clears throat> has a, uh, a web blog and, uh, and really has some great, uh, great uh, insight oftentimes. So I, I am going to uh, his reflection uh, that he wrote in the year of 2017, uh, right around the Easter season then. But, but I wanted to share some things from this reflection that, that I found uh, really, really enlightening this day. So he begins like this. Nicknames are interesting. Some nicknames are given as a tribute to a person's gifts and abilities. For instance, Babe Ruth was called the Sultan of Swat for his ability to command his bat to hit home runs. And then there was Walter Sweetness Payton, a running back for the Chicago Bears, made running through defenses look easy. How sweet. And then there was President Zachary Taylor, who earned his nickname Old Rough and Ready during the Mexican-American War, leading his troops into battle. Of course, not all nicknames are compliments. There was Ivan the Terrible, and he was not known for being nice. And then there was Vlad the Impaler, earned his nickname for his excessive cruelty. And then there are other nicknames that persons earned, not for their deeds, but for their appearance. Here's one for you. Charles the Heavy, or often referred to as Charles the Fat. And then there was Olaf the Peacock. Google those names. Interesting history on those guys. So Jesus himself gave his disciples nicknames, okay? At least two that we know of. He referred to Simon as Peter the Rock. Here, uh, Mr. Allen refers to Peter as Rocky, okay? All right, a little bit of humor there. And then James and John, of course, earned the name the Sons of of thunder for their judgmental ways. And you can look at that at, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verse 17. But one disciple has received a nickname from the judgment of history, and it's not meant to be complimentary. Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas, as he is commonly known. Thomas was apparently absent when the resurrected Christ first appeared to his disciples. Upon hearing the news that Jesus had appeared, Thomas went into skeptical mode, right? Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe, Thomas says. Thomas declared his doubt with much certainty. Of course, he would have to eat his words in his own encounter with Jesus. Indeed, John does not tell us that Thomas actually put his finger in the nail, mark, in the nail marks, nor put his hand in Jesus' formally pierced side. Apparently, the sight of the risen Jesus was most sufficient. But the nickname, 
Doubting Thomas has dogged the briefly skeptical disciple for over 2,000 years. And it's not really fair to characterize this faithful follower of Jesus whose initial skepticism has labeled him for all time. He goes on to say, I think it also says something about how we view the place of doubt in the midst of faith. The old adage states that faith is fashioned in the workshop of doubt. Let me say that again. The old adage states that faith is fashioned in the workshop of doubt. Well put. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. It can often be a catalyst for faith. We move forward in our convictions even though we are not always sure what to believe. It has become fashionable in some Christian circles today to turn doubt into a virtue, to make it almost as important as faith itself, to wear doubt as a badge of one's honest inquiry. I think that is going a step too far, he writes. Excessive doubt can undermine the faith, to be sure, but doubt can assist in one's faith, or it can cause one to seek faith even more. Maybe that speaks to you. Maybe that is where you are at right now. Consider that. As John the Baptist in prison, who sent his disciples to Jesus to ask if he was the Messiah, that's from Luke seven twenty, and the man who asked Jesus for healing, uttering those words, I believe... Help my unbelief, Mark 9.24. This side of perfection we see through a glass darkly, do we not? And we know only in part. Doubt is a reality in a world where some pieces of the puzzle are missing. To deny this is to absolutely deny the obvious. But Easter, you see, Easter... Easter brings all of our emotions and confusion and understanding, the clarity and the ambiguity uh, together into a new reality that only God can bring. David Henson writes this, In truth, Easter absorbs both the joy and the triumph, as well as the fear and disbelief, and is irreducible to just one experience of it. It would be easier if Easter were only the trumpet blasts and hallelujahs. Or it might even be easier if Easter were only fear and disbelief. But Easter is in fact all of this, he writes. It holds all of it, even the contradictory emotions, and makes them one whole. It may indeed be the case that those who do not see and yet believe are blessed. But Thomas is no less blessed for insisting on seeing and touching. Jesus, after all, he did stick around with the other disciples to see if Jesus would show up. That is exercising faith in the midst of doubt. Shane Castler suggests that perhaps it is time to give Thomas a new nickname. You ready for this? The new nickname, 
could be daring Thomas. Daring Thomas. The one who dared to express his doubts when the other disciples would not. They had their doubts as well. So, I'm going to build uh, on doubting Thomas for this Sunday. Oh, the direction that I want to go is that, uh, you, you, you know, so, so often, and, and I'm just going to use myself as a, as a personal testimony, when I um, read this account uh, of doubting Thomas, I, I often kind of think of him uh, as, as the villain. Okay, uh, as this blog writer, uh, Mr. Allen, points out, uh, he in fact is not uh, the villain. Uh, maybe his thoughts, uh, his doubting, uh, can in fact uh, become the villain and, and, and consume him from seeing, from experiencing Jesus. But, but the man, uh, Thomas, is, is not the villain here. But sometimes, often our thoughts can be Villainous. So I, I, I want to pick, pick up on that and explore that uh, this, this coming up Sunday. So I, I hope to <clears throat> see you uh, in worship, 8.15 or 10.30 this coming up Sunday. If you uh, are watching us uh, online, I will see you in a very spiritual way uh, then. But I hope you are blessed this day and certainly this week and come this second Sunday of Easter. So let me offer a word of prayer for us and we will go forth this day. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, what a glorious day this is. What a glorious season this is, the season of Easter. Glory, hallelujah. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Bless each and every person who watches midweek man of this day. May they know, O oh God, that you hold them in the palms of your mighty hands. Bless and keep us all. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day, folks. Take care. God bless you.